Thank you for listening to The Real Reality with Dr. Oren Amate. Please check out my website, docamate.com, to see what I do as a registered psychologist. So, a few weeks ago, I had Dr. Jordan Peterson come to my uh, my human sexuality class to give a guest lecture um, about issues that have been um, prominent in his life and in the media since about October of uh, last year. It all started with his refusal to um, use preferred pronouns, whether they were je, je, and stuff like that, or, you know, calling somebody by the pronoun they choose, like even if it's they. Now... A lot of uh, misinformation got out there. He was labeled as everything you can imagine. A lot of it unfair. I mean, all of it basically unfair. And um, the problem was that uh, when people are exposed to things that they don't like, things that make them uncomfortable, uh, they get quote unquote triggered. And, you know, the rational brain turns off and they get all emotional. And this is, has not always been the case. And it's not for everybody. I mean, we all do it to a certain degree. But more recently, this has been what life has been like for a far larger proportion of the population than ever before. Before. So I thought, look, instead of having people, you know, make all their uh, their wrong perceptions, interpretations, or you know, allegations, I thought, let's bring Doctor Peterson into my classroom um, if I can get him to come in, and uh, you know, have people ask him directly, go right to the source. Um, and instead of speculating on what you think he may have or may not have said. So fortunately, I had a student who knew Dr. Peterson, and you know, she, heard me, she heard me lecturing in my other class um, for months. I mean, he, he was very uh, important in the news uh, from around October till December of last year, 2016. And so I was discussing it in class you know, as it related to different subjects. And uh, being at the university that I'm at, uh, we experienced the kinds of things that Dr. Peterson has been warning about. So numerous times, something would happen, whether it was at, our university or a different university that was relevant to the lecture. So I would bring it in to the lecture, show how it was relevant to what we were talking about. And again, every time I did this, Dr. Peterson's name would come up because he was the most prominent force you know, uh, at the time talking about this. And I fully agree with so much of what he is stating. And again, the most important part is this idea that uh, he always says, I'm not opposed to telling people what they can't say. Like you, in the example he gives is you cannot say fire in a, you know, you can't shout fire in a crowded theater. He says, but as soon as you start legislating what we must say, that's different. And that's what Bill C-16 um, was basically doing. And this was something that, and I've talked about this in other podcasts, it was basically giving um, protection, extending protection specifically to people um, who are transgender. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that in theory. But when you look at the Ontario Human Rights Tribunal, when you look at their actual page, I believe it's section 4.7 or maybe 7.4. It's either 7.4 or 4.7, pretty sure 7.4. Um, they explicitly state that you, know, you can be held accountable if you do not use the preferred pronoun. And not only that, but their legislation would make employers employers responsible for what their employees say. So whether it was a hateful employee or whether it was an employee who was not up to speed on the 71 new pronouns that have come out, the employer could be fined you know, up to hundreds of thousands of dollars. And they already have this legislation in New York. And I'm not sure if any uh, cases have been, brought, uh, have been successfully argued yet, but we do know that in Canada, there have been a number of cases where somebody takes someone to the Ontario Human Rights Tribunal, which basically is like a kangaroo court. And whether the person is innocent or not, they have to pay for the other person's lawyers. They have to pay for the whole procedure. They can be out of pocket from anywhere from 25000 to $250,000 when it's all said and done in Ontario. And it has happened. 
So what Dr. Peterson is arguing about is not some fantasy. He's not going off the rails. It's not hyperbole. It's a real reality. And it's scary. So, uh, you know, throughout the few months after he made his videos uh, where he was describing what was going on, um, you know, the university had sent him several letters saying cease and desist, so to speak. Now, he always said the university treated him right. They were just doing what they were um, forced to do by their, you know, their policies. So he didn't apparently begrudge them. But he refused to back down. And he said, no, I'm going to keep doing this. And so since he made those original videos, his viewership went from you know, a few thousand people to millions. Um, he's being interviewed by virtually every podcast, TV station, anybody around. Uh, he's, you know, he's the it guy. And so I was so happy and honored to have him come to my classroom to be able to speak to my students about these issues. And it started with the, uh, the transgender question. But then it expanded to anything. And uh, the reality is, in all of my classes, I tell students, look, anybody can teach out of a, a book. They can put up their PowerPoints that the you know, book publishers have given them, you know, and they can read from their manual that they're given. But what I try to do is I go beyond that. And you look, you know, and I always say to my students, anything I teach you about sex, you can find somewhere on the Internet. All right? There's very, you know, I, I bring my clinical experience. I bring my expertise. But people can find this information somewhere. I say what I try to do and what any good professor, instructor, teacher, whatever will do is try to teach critical thinking. And so Dr. Peterson has been doing nothing but promoting critical thinking for years so to have someone like him come into my class, to have my students, to be able to, my, it was my, my current and former students, because the previous term, I kept telling them, you know, he's going to come, he's going to come. And the student, you know, bless her heart, she was able to arrange for him to come in. And so I said, you know, she told me he'd come in. He came in. People had a chance to speak with him directly. It was like an hour and a half or so. Uh, it's online. If you go to docamate.com, you can see a link to the podcast. And, you know, there's a couple of things about this. Everybody I've spoken with who's either seen his videos or who came to my uh, class and saw it, they all say the same thing. And I agree. Look, I, I know myself. I've been tested. My intelligence has been tested. My aptitude, my skills, knowledge, abilities has been tested. I've been tested in a number of ways on a number of occasions. I know I'm smart. Okay? I know I am intelligent. That's not being, you know, I'm not bragging and it's not a humble brag. I'm just, I know I'm intelligent. But then there are intellectuals. And Dr. Peterson clearly is an intellectual. His brain operates at a different level than most people's. Okay, I have known a number of people like that, uh, and, and I don't put myself up in that you know in that level. I don't. Um, you know, I can read much more, and I can learn a lot, and I can you know think of this and that, uh, and I'll understand it, and I can teach about it. But my brain operates in a different way, and so just watching the gears turn on Doctor Peterson when he talks, watching his eyes, and just seeing what the you know the processing that's going on there, and hearing you know as he disseminates this information, it's quite clear that, again that he is this intellectual. And I was fascinated watching him. I was so happy. You know, look, I've, I've seen some of his, his videos. Um, I could have arranged for a coffee with him and we could have had a sit down talking, you know, together. But I was so happy to see that my students, you know, who've heard me talk about Peterson, got a chance to talk to him directly. And after this, after the, uh, uh, this, this talk, I had to run off to see a patient. Okay. Dr. Peterson was so generous. He stood there, waited and, and talked to a lineup of people. Who wanted to share their experiences or ask them questions or whatever else like that. So, you know, it was a great experience. I only have one regret. Um, so this, you know, it, it was, wasn't so well thought out as far as 
uh, um, originally, like, you know, Dr. Peterson, I, Peterson was asking, like, how are we going to format this? Do I give a talk? Do we have a discussion? Like, how is it going to be? Right. So I thought, look, let's make let's keep it casual. Right. I mean, that's what podcasts are like as well. You know, just have a, a, a talk. So the two of us sat down in front of the class. Um, and basically, though, I said, look, I want to open this up to the class. I want my students to ask him these questions. Uh, I don't need to ask him the questions. I've, you know, uh, I'd like to. But then that's self-indulgent. You know, I'm not going to have, hey, everyone, watch two of us have a discussion. No, I want them to talk to him. They might have a variety of questions that they did. They took in directions that I, I would have not gone in. Okay, So my only regret is that uh, my friend who was, you know, was filming it, um, you know, he had us in a sort of kind of a tight shot. If you see the website, the picture of us, that the, the, the camera was static. It didn't move. So basically, for an hour and a half, Dr. Peterson is expounding all these wonderful topics. He's just showing how brilliant he is. And I am acting as a nodding furniture, <laughs> okay, a piece of furniture. Um, and if, if I had thought of this ahead of time, I would have maybe sat a bit farther away or I would have had my friend focus only on Dr. Peterson. I wasn't sure what he was doing. Unfortunately, with the lighting and everything, um, he, he couldn't move the camera. He said as soon as he moved it, things started getting messed up on the focus. The lighting was terrible. So, um, you know, he just kept it still. And I, I had no idea what it was going to look like. I thought it was maybe a wider shot, not so close. So that's the only thing. That's my only regret. Um, you know, like I, I, I don't need to be in the scene. You know, I want him to be in the scene. And it doesn't matter because, again, I'm not really doing much. Uh, I asked him a couple of questions, added a few points. I directed the questioning, basically, um, you know, to the students. And, and that's it, though. He could have done it all by himself. So, um, you know, that's the only thing. If I could have edited myself out uh, or put a plant there, that would have been better. Um, and so lastly, uh, the question of why did I do this? Well, in addition to, you know, wanting to promote critical thinking and wanting to have, um, basically, I told everyone a piece of history. I think that what Dr. Peterson is doing, this is part of a movement that will revolutionize things, I hope, will maybe set us back to the road of sanity uh, and, and reason and rational thinking and, and this, this cult of victimhood has to stop. Now, you, you know, anyone who knows me and anyone who's listened to this podcast knows I advocate for many different people. I try to help, you know, whether it's um, as a, an instructor, as a podcaster, as a media person, as a, a psychologist, as a father, friend, whatever. Um, I try to advocate for marginalized people. I try to help people who need help. But I do not subscribe to this cult of uh, victimhood. And Dr. Peterson, if you look at the, um, if you go to the site again, docamity.com, you'll see links to the uh, the talks. And I've indexed them, by the way. So because he talked about like you know ten, fifteen different things, so I have them in each uh, description for the YouTube uh, page. Um, you know what the kind of the heading of the topic is. So um, he talked about this as well, you know, about this whole victimhood and this us versus them or more oppressor versus oppressed. And that's what the, you know, the left is doing. And I am very left when it comes to or very liberal when it comes to, uh, you know, social ideas. Right. I'm, I'm all for it basically letting everybody live their lives the way they want. You know, be nice to everyone. Be, you know, just just. Let, let the, the the wonderful variety of life that is you know manifest itself. Let people exist as they want to be, as long as they're not causing any harm to anybody else, right? So that's I'm I'm all for that. But the left has gone in these directions that are, are ridiculous. It just doesn't make sense. And, and Dr. Peterson mentioned this in one of his talks, and I alluded to it in our talk, but we never got to it. Um, this idea that they, uh, that people who subscribe to um, you know this whole thought police, this you know these social justice warriors, that they are are in fact they're not liberals. He's done these tests. It's not like they're extreme forms of liberals. They are a whole category unto themselves. And also, as I believe, I might have talked about this in another podcast, and I know Dr. Peterson talks about this, 
there's a very strong correlation between intelligence and people who want to have their thoughts dictated. Okay? They want these social justice warriors to rule the world. And the, the correlation, unfortunately, is negative, which means the stronger you have those beliefs and the, this desire to have somebody else tell you what to do, the, the dumber you are. And the correlation between these two is so powerful. It's more powerful. And again, I'm sure I said this in a podcast. It's more powerful than the correlation between intelligence and success in university. Okay, which you would expect, you know, intelligence to be a very strong predictor of how well you're going to do in university, which it is. So if it's even stronger than that, that's got to tell you something. Right. So people are basically just giving up their rights to think. Right, to have their own, uh, you know, their, their own beliefs for this greater cause because they're too afraid. And this is something else I've talked about in podcasts, the, the, you know, the power of fear. They're too afraid to live their own lives. They're too afraid to, you know, to confront things that they don't want to, that makes them uncomfortable, that doesn't go along with how they see the world or how they need to see the world. And this is what I said in my uh, talk with Dr. Peterson or in his talk, which is what, uh, you know, the whole purpose of this, which is exposing people to that which they're afraid of, helping them to be able to to tolerate the discomfort that goes along with hearing things or seeing things that you might not like because you know what maybe you're wrong maybe you don't have the whole picture maybe you need to see a different perspective or more information than than, than what you had uh, and maybe you need to see that the things that have been ta- uh, told to you the, the people that have been uh, brainwashing you maybe they don't have all the answers and maybe they're not on the right side of history so that's why I wanted Dr. Peterson to come in. I was so happy he did. And again, in my podcasts, in my sessions, in my therapy sessions, in my lectures, that's what I've been promoting, this idea of having the ability to tolerate discomfort, right, so that you can actually process information and you can become a critical thinker. Because just allowing yourself to be overwhelmed or, or directed or misguided by your emotions that's not healthy and that's not helpful, right? And that does not lead to dialogue. And uh, the, one of my regrets was, I said this in the, in the talk, was that I wish there were more Peterson haters, okay? Because I would want them to come and say, hey, you said this, and then have Dr. Peterson explain to them in a rational manner, because that doesn't happen. This is the problem. And I, uh, the other week, we had Suleiman Anderson on, and I, we were talking about this, that in most cases, people either surround themselves with like-minded individuals, so they're ensconced in these echo chambers, or they just battle with each other, and they don't want to hear each other out, right? They just want to drive their point home, ignore the other person, and ignore reality. So I thought this was a great opportunity, which it was to have people have a proper intelligent respectful conversation and you know what phil i couldn't even broadcast this i would have loved to have had you know people from the streets come in now i'm sure that would have violated some kind of university policy so you know but um or i would have rented out a room and i would have had everybody come in you know i would have made this for all the haters but you know what would have happened if we had done that people would have shut it down because this has happened before and just the week before in fact um this uh, organization called the rebel by ezra levant okay I disagree with a lot of the stuff that they say. All right, I just I agree with a lot of the stuff they do say, you know. But I disagree with a lot of it. I I see some of their uh, approaches. I I don't like some of their tactics. Okay, I think they're disingenuous. I think they're false. I think they're you know it's it's just not it's not not uh, let's say um, uh, let's say they don't play clean all the time. All right, other times they do. And definitely the left does not, all right? But uh, So I'm not a fan of the rebel, but I'm also not going to dismiss them because, again, they do sometimes speak truth and they do say things that people need to hear. Well, they had a talk the week before, uh, my talk, and Jordan Peterson was invited, and it was shut down. These idiots were running, you know, were coming in. And here's the thing. This is the hilarious thing. All these white people, all right, are shouting, you know, about racist, you know, racist, go home, and, you know, 
And they were shouting this to the people at the event. And two of the people uh, there, one was black, one was Asian. Okay? And they're being called neo-Nazis, you know, these uh, racists and everything by these white kids, right, when they are black and Asian. Now, there were other white kids there. And if you watch the video, um, you know, some, uh, some of the, uh, the people who were supporting the rebel, they were acting like jerks as well, a few of them, okay? And I was just rolling my eyes thinking, people, this is not mature. It's not helpful. It's not productive, all right? Um, but certainly, these SJWs who came in, shut it down, pulled a fire alarm, because that's what they always do. They, oh, yeah, they did. So Ezra held court outside of uh, the U of T, and he was giving his talk uh, you know, with people surrounding him. I mean, you can check out these videos. And like I said, I don't support everything that the rebel does, uh, but I definitely do support this idea that we need to have free speech, we need to have honest discussion, and we need to have respectful discourse. And SJWs don't believe in that. All right, These loony lefts don't believe in it. And if you're on the left, I'm not calling you a loon. I'm just saying there is a faction called the loony left, and, and they're, they're living up to it. And so that's why I couldn't even you know, broadcast this further. I would have loved to have had Peterson come in, but it would have been shut down. It had to be held in secret. That's how pathetic you know, these people are. That's how f- afraid they are of hearing anybody that they disagree with. And we know, and I'm going to talk about this in another podcast, we know that um, Milo Yiannopoulos, someone I've talked about in another podcast, I don't like a lot of what he says and does. I really don't like his character, at least the one he portrays. But we know that a couple of weeks ago when he tried to have a talk at UC Berkeley, they burned the place down. They beat the hell out of people who were attending. Okay, And we don't know that these people were Nazis. These were just people on the street. And we've got videos of these, you know, these Antifa, these, uh, you know, which is supposed to be, you know, anti-fascists. Okay. In fact, everyone's saying it's anti-free amendment. Okay. First Amendment. Sorry. Anti-first amendment because they're not for free speech. Uh, they kicked and beat the hell out of a number of people. And there's one video where this person's lying unconscious on the ground bleeding and they're still stomping away on him and people are encouraging them to do more. All right. Very ugly. So Milo Yiannopoulos, someone I don't support, he had his talk shut down. Chaos, fire, people throwing things through you know, windows and everything. And as Dr. Peterson said in his speech, you know, congratulations, because the more you do this, the more the other side is going to be entitled or feel entitled to step it up. And, you know, whether it's through individuals harming others, whether it's through large groups targeting people or whether it's through the government saying, you know what, this is getting out of hand. Now we have to enact some kind of, you know, law to curb their their protests. This is what's going to happen. So in any event, I really regret that it's come to this. I am so uh, appreciative that Dr. Peterson was able to come in, was able to show my students, you know, get, you know what an intelligent person is and what an intelligent discourse can look like. And the, the feedback I got from everybody and from the videos that I posted, it's just all wonderful. And, you know, if I can help contribute and spread the word, you know, that's what, that's what we can do, you know. Uh, I might not uh, have the audience that he does, not even close, right? I might not even have the, uh, the mental acumen that he does. But if I can, in my little way, help facilitate spreading this word, I think I'm doing, you know, something good. Good. And I hope other people are doing the same thing. You know, you know, whether you have a podcast, whether you just want to, you know, link these videos and show it to other people. But I hope that people will do this in a way that's not just, yeah, he agrees with what, you know, I agree with what he's saying. I like him. So I'm going to put him out there and I'm going to be disrespectful to others. That's not what it's about. Because when I've had guests like Suleiman Anderson, who she and I start off as disagreeing uh, on Twitter, when we found out when we actually spoke to each other, it's like, no, actually, we agree on a lot of things. And she's a good person. She has a lot of good ideas. She's intelligent. And I was, you know, really happy and you know proud to have her on my podcast. That's what happens when you actually speak to people rather than trying to beat them over their head, whether physically or metaphorically. So with that, um, oh, and one last thing. Sorry, I just realized. Um, the other thing is the reason I'm so frustrated and, and feel the need to promote this is that, and I've said this in other places, that um, 
you know, there are other professionals, including my colleagues in different capacities, who they themselves are trying to shut down free speech. And we, whether we're academics, whether we're psychologists, psychiatrists, medical doctors, you know, media, whoever it is, if we're in a position to reach other people and to encourage them and to try to facilitate, you know, respectful, thoughtful discourse, how dare we say, no, this is okay to talk about, but this is not. We're going to promote this idea that there's no such thing as biological sex. We're going to agree with this person, okay, or let him, you know, we're going to let other people make these unfounded allegations against people like Dr. Peterson. We're going to let these people slander his name, you know, libel him in any way they can. We're going to support that just because they're on our side, yet we're not going to let people that we disagree with have the ability to speak. And make no mistake, this is happening in the universities. I've um, seen it directly. I've read about it, and I've had students come up to me and tell me uh, what happened in their classes where they were shut down when they tried to question a professor's claims, okay? Because they just said, where's the evidence? And professors, because they're in a position of power, they think, I can just ram my ideology down your throat. Forget the evidence. Forget the facts. And I think I've said this before. I've got to say it one more time because it just blows my mind. There was a student who got in trouble. The professor got him in trouble. He could have been suspended. Thank goodness he didn't because he stood his ground. He was older. And so he, was, he didn't you know, kowtow to them. He used the term. The professor said something. He goes, look, it's not that black and white. And the professor, that's racist. What the hell is wrong with that professor? That's not a racist term. It has no, you know, race does not figure into the ideology of that term. So, uh, and he got in trouble and he had to fight it and fight it. And somebody else said, oh, yes, that is racist. He said, no, it's not. Okay. That's how ridiculous this thing has gone. And one more thing, because it happened at my university, when a professor, a chair of a, a um, department, it was a social work, uh, school of social work, okay, when he walked out of a meeting, Upset because someone was talking. There's a whole backstory. I'm not getting into it because not everybody knows this backstory. But basically, there was a woman of color talking, and um, he disagreed with her for reasons that go beyond this talk. Okay, and he walked out of this. And when he walked out, the uh, because it was it was an anti-racist, anti-black racism uh, talk, I believe. Okay, and so as he walked out, because this woman of color was talking, he was labeled as not only a racist, okay, but this was an act of violence. Walking out of a, a, a meeting when someone is speaking that you disagree with them or you disagree with what they're saying or you don't like them for whatever reason, but he walked out and that was called an act of violence. And nobody in the academia stood up and said, you lunatics, that's not violence. It might be distasteful. It might be whatever else, but it's not violence. Don't use that term because many people have been subjected to real violence and you diminish their experience when you say crap like that. All right. That happened in my university and it makes the department look like a laughing stock because you know what? When this organization, it was, I think, the Black Liberation Collective at Ryerson, when they you know, demanded that this guy step down, guess what? He did because his department didn't stand up and say, hey, guys, what are you talking about? This is ridiculous. Yeah. You want to complain about what he did? Fine. Let's talk about it. But don't call an act of violence. And uh, by the way, when they wrote some letter to this department, because these kids are so like, we, 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 they need a cause. Okay. And they believe everyone should listen to them and run as soon as they say something. They should jump when they, you know, when they say it. So they sent a letter to the, um, to the School of Social Work. And I guess this department was trying to figure out what we're going to do about all this. And I think it took them four days to get back. And these students are going, it took you four days. You know, you, you're ignoring us, blah, blah, blah. We're special. We need your attention. Okay, we demand this, this, and that. We demand it. And the department caved. And this guy who was the chair of the, or the head of, of this department, it was a temporary head anyway, but he stepped down because of this. All right? So this is where we've come. 
So this is my career. I teach. I'm a psychologist. Uh, you know, I try to you know facilitate thought. I try to educate. Try to get people to think critically. So when I see this kind of stuff happening, I'm in a position where I can try to you know help people out as well. And again. I'm not just saying, oh, this group is bad. I'm saying, let's look at the evidence. Let's look at what happened. And if you have a different agree, uh, opinion, go ahead. If you think that this guy's walking out of a room is an act of violence, then let's talk about that. And guess what? I'll bring up a bunch of people who've had real acts of violence perpetrated against them. And let's see how they feel when uh, you call that an act of violence, for example. Right? But I would do it in a respectful, thoughtful, and intelligent manner. And that's what this is all about even if some of my colleagues don't understand that. So thank you for listening to The Real Reality. Please be smart, think critically, and be respectful.